Welcome to On The Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 98 for the 19th of December 2008. Hello Ian, how are you? I'm fine, uh, we're just about on the Christmas kind of holiday season right now and uh, we're chatting on the couch. Indeed, here we are, couch um, 97 or 98, but I, I think it's 98. my money's on 98 as well, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see where we go on that. Um, I'm just trying to squeeze a little uh, bit of pod action in before Christmas because it's going to get fairly busy in the new year. Um, oh yes. With uh, various holiday antics and things like that. Um, but we'll sort something out. We're going to be covering the standard stories we've, we normally talk about in our sort of digital media podcast, which are in, Wally, remind me again. We're going to cover what's happening in the world of business news, technology, content delivery. A bit of gaming, um, maybe a bit of mobile news and other stuff. And I think we'll try and do a bit of crystal ball gazing when we about what's, what's, what's going to be happening next year. See what's hot. Absolutely. So kicking off with uh, what's happening in business, and uh, we've got a bit of an update from AT&T uh, because they've been rolling out this UVerse service, mm-hmm. and this is uh, this IPTV service that's essentially, as I recall, fibre to the curb, as in not fibre to the home, but uh, they get fibre all the way to a street and mm. then uh, distribute. Uh, fibre to the node, technology. aren't they? Yeah. So this is what UVerse is. So UVerse is not. Fios is the Verizon thing, which I think is actual fibre to the home, isn't it? And mm-hmm. so they're doing yeah, sort of a... Whereas uh, AT&T have got a, a, bit of a bit more of a compromise situation. Mm. Uh, so it means they don't have to re-cable all the way to the home. Or a lot cheaper, uh, presumably. And uh, yeah, so at the moment they're offering 10 megabits across the lines, but uh, by they, reckon, they reckon by the end of the year they'll be getting 18 megabits across that line. So that's, you know, that's plenty for doing... Most things. One or two HD channels. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess it should be. should be all right. And uh, they reckon they've got now a million subscribers across 79 markets in 16 states. So mm. that's not a bad effort. I mean, one million is not a, not a big number by comparison to some of the really big operators in the US, like yeah. uh, Cox but or Comcast. But, mm. um, but they're the large guys. I also saw that, um, who is it? Uh, um, SES Americom sort of just said they're going to shut down their offering to um, tier two and tier three telcos. They're doing a sort of satellite delivered bundled IPTV service. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But they're basically saying they're going to knock that on the head in the new year. So that's obviously not working. So I guess the, it's only the big really? boys that can afford to do it. It would seem to be the... Uh, that's interesting. Because uh, I mean, in, in the, I've been learning a lot about uh, what's happening in the States of late. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of, uh, like, I mean, they're all known as MSOs yeah. over there. And uh, of these MSOs, uh, the top 25, uh, by the time you got to the top 25 MSOs in the US, you're down to under 125,000 subs. Wow. Uh, and there's, there's like five or 600, probably more uh, MSOs in the US. Is, MS, is it multi-service operator, major mm, service that's, operator? That's multi-service operator is, is how I understand it. So essentially we were talking about cable operators. Yeah, here. yeah. And they're uh, aggregations. I mean, like they're aggregations of relatively small systems, but they're under one sort of branded umbrella, aren't they? So... Yeah, so you know, I mean, in mm. the case of um, uh, Cox or uh, Time Warner Cable, for example, they yeah. over time they've bought up lots of little guys, mm-hmm. um, and and some some of their problems are quite 
the technical challenges are quite uh, immense, in fact, in terms of geographically linking all these places together that have all sorts of dis- disparate and uh, different aged equipment and trying to get them all you know, talking together with the mm. same content is, and different set-top boxes is, is often uh, quite a challenge. So that's, that's actually held up in the US um, things like uh, interactivity because once you're an operator with, uh, you know, a 10, 20, 30 different cable plants across the US trying to get everything uh, homogeneous that you can actually roll out interactive is, uh, is quite hard. So mm. I guess uh, AT&T have had the advantage of being able to roll out pretty much a greenfield site, I guess, uh, across. But then there's no precedent to do interactive. And I mean, interactive isn't necessarily the big money spinner everyone thinks it is. I mean, unless you're doing gambling, no. which is pretty much a no-no unless you're in Nevada, isn't it? So, uh, <laughs> yep. or Atlanta, I suppose. But again, it's only in licensed gaming halls rather than uh, mm. kind of other experiences. So, um, they, about a million subscribers, that's pretty good. Yeah, or, or are they paying or not? I don't know. I, was, I read some stuff about mm-hmm. um, PCCW in Hong Kong and they've got the yeah. like 972,000. That's not bad. But they're subscribers, but they actually have a, a paying rate and like 600,000 pay. Oh, really? <laughs> so yeah. 300,000. Well, the others get, get the free, free stuff because it's a combination there of free and sort of top up services. Right. So the base package for TV is mm. essentially free. You subscribe right. to the voice and data and you get TV mm. for free. So, mm. In the same way that you're a BT Vision subscriber. Exactly. I'm not a paying subscriber, but uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen BT Vision issue any sort of conversion rates. So mm, we shall see about that. Um, and uh, so moving on to technology. Mm. So no. I've done a big demo this week about... Th- 3D TV, that looks Yeah, and I cool. actually, I saw a, well, yesterday I was at a, a demo, not this one, but uh, mm-hmm. from a sort of technology standpoint, I had a, a nice new display, um, mm-hmm. which was probably pretty similar to this demo. In fact, it could have been even the same kind of demo, but I saw lots of just, mm-hmm. you know, ladies in bikinis and things like that on my... Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> ladies in bikinis, uh, windsurfing, I think they were. And kept, they kept nice. poking the windsurfers out of the screen. It was a bit... <laughs> Did it, did it look good? Absolutely excellent, I must say. Um, yeah. It's on like a 42-inch, it's actually a, a JVC screen. I went to see JVC in um, North London, and there's um, Mr. Akibara Sara, or whatever, who was giving me a little tour. He um, uh, has brought this TV, which is, a, it's like a, they've done some, I guess, pre-production samples, and they're aiming them yeah. initially at the, the guys who are doing the TV production. Right. Um, and it's a 42-inch uh, LCD, in fact. And they've got quite a, but it actually had a kind of a button on the side you had to press to go 3D mode. Okay. Um, basically, it was hooked up to a Blu-ray player by HDMI. Right. And what the button on the side does is says, okay, the video that's coming in, essentially, it's it's two, it's um, like the left and right eye transmitted next to each other, so they're on the same right. picture. If you see what I mean. So by mm-hmm. pressing the button, it instructs the TV to display one eye on one line and the other, sorry, one one frame on one line and the next frame on another line so they go on alternate lines and then they have this polarizing screen over the front of the tv right um so essentially you can watch 2d on it normally but Mm -hmm. when you put the old um polaroid glasses on you can see it in 3d um but i guess the production challenges must be lining up this grid of this like those pixels are pretty small. You need to line up a polarizing grid with the pixels. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. And in, I guess, a production environment, you know, that's probably the hardest thing to do. I think mm. you also have to crank up the brightness a bit because obviously the Polaroid sunnies do knock out. <laughs> you do cut out the brightness. A little yeah, bit. And, exactly. you know, and being in a dark room is pretty, uh, pretty useful as well. It looked good, didn't it? 
very nice indeed actually i mean it was a great mm. and it was actually a decent it wasn't a massive tv i remember at ibc mm-hmm. two three years ago seeing some guys doing look we have 3d tv with um and it was i remember it was actually a kangaroo i don't know why i remember that but uh, <laughs> but the tv was like the size of a house um wow. but this was you know a four millimeter thick lcd wow nice um, oh, that sounds good very mm. usable. So, uh, the article we were looking at here is uh, Sky TV doing, having kind of showing off a Six Nations Rugby Union International yeah. 3D uh, in a theatre. Yeah, which is one of the classic events that was recorded um, by uh, Sky and others. I mean, everyone seems to show that. Um, mm. But they also had a few other events like Gladiators and right. things like that. But I mean, they're getting some, some words and say, look, we can do this. It, the TV yeah. sets need to to get there. Um, mm. It's a bit like when HD came out, it was like, oh, why would anyone do HD? There's never going to be any programming, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's everywhere. Yeah, and I think if you had 3D programming today, yeah. uh, you could probably only, you know, pay out 48 hours and you'd run out of material. Mm. Um, well, I think it's, um, I mean, Sky is saying, you know, maybe next year they might be able to, they might be able to launch it if... I'm sure they could do some on-demand stuff. Um, you know, if you could say, yeah, I've got a 3D TV, can I, can I watch this stuff and book it yeah, and get absolutely. it on-demand, you know, deliver it over the absolutely. internet or something. Um, NHK in Japan are already broadcasting two hours a day of, H- of 3D in HD. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Um, so the content is becoming available as well. Yeah, but I think it's, you know, people surfing and, you know, this kind of stuff. It's not exactly... And also the film industry is producing, I think, 80 movies or something in HD. In, sorry, yeah, so I mean, that's where the content is in the first yeah, place. Yeah, and all the cameras need to come out as well, the camera technology. I mean, at the moment, people are yeah. literally you know, gaffer-taping two cameras side by side and gen-locking <laughs> them, so it's not exactly uh, the best. But um, anyway. Very cool. Very good. So 3D World is coming, and I think you know, we'll talk about that. I think that's going to be one major theme at uh, CES this year. So mm-hmm. we will yeah, see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But what is going on in the world of content delivery, Ian? Well, dear. I was surprised to find that CBS, who mm-hmm. owns TV.com, right. now it would never occur to me to go to TV.com because I would almost almost immediately assume that that's some sort of, you know, ad site for Yeah, else. yeah, some sort of... Um, or a TV guard or something. But apparently uh, CBS, who uh, they bought CNET earlier this year. Right. Um, so they've got the... That's the kind of... It's like a podcasty, bloggy kind of thing, isn't it? Mm, exactly. Mm. Uh, a lot of original material, video, podcast. Yep. Uh, so they, I mean, it's a, this is the thing. I'm, I'm really surprised this has been kicking around and we haven't come across it before. Yeah. Um, but they're looking to uh, redesign their TV.com website uh, in an effort to take on Hulu, which is where NBC and Fox mm. uh, have partnered up to. Uh, and they're providing quite a lot of content on Hulu. But uh, they've got, CBS has about 19,000 shows available on TV.com. In the USA, no doubt. Yep, in the USA. And (laughs) they have 16 million monthly unique visitors, which is, that's no small effort for a a video content delivery. It's not bad, but I mean, are those, how many minutes of video being watched? That was what I would quiz. I mean. Mm, Probably longer than than, uh, the kind of YouTube three and a half minute kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Because these are all full full on TV shows. You know, there's. there's, uh, And I can see from the the screenshot here, there's a bit of HD video in there as well. So. Mm, And it's all. So it's interesting that uh, they're really, all these uh, content providers, I guess, are looking to find other ways to reach consumers. Um, I mean, CBS was one of the first mm. broadcasters to, to sign up with Juiced. Uh, CBS also bought Last.com. Uh, you know, they're really kind of making an aggressive play into the whole 
uh, internet delivered mm-hmm. content arena. But it says here they're going to rebrand the site because it's, it's a bit clunky and difficult to find any new stuff. And mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. Um, Which is uh, interesting because that leads us, segues us nicely into uh, some information we've discovered on Juiced. Now, the whole thing about Juiced, I don't know if you remember when, when it first came out, was, you know, it was the Skype guys. It was like, right, we're going to deliver a video. We're going to use yeah. peer-to-peer. Yeah. And uh, the whole point would be, the whole point was it was really cool because it didn't, it didn't need the bandwidth like everyone else did because, you know, well, they you didn't have to pay to deliver peers. it. They got other people to pay for to deliver yeah, it. That's the idea. Yeah, In the same way that Skype kind of uses everyone as, as nodes to pass things on. Yeah. Uh, so they've actually said they're terminating their peer-to-peer client this Friday. They're abandoning their original software application altogether and concentrating on a web-based platform. So they're really... They're turning themselves into... Yeah, I think we talked about this before. Heroes. I mean, it's basically they're just canning it because you, it's an obstacle if someone has to download some software to get it to work, mm-hmm. um, which I think is one of the reasons why we're seeing, you know, Adobe Flash becoming more prevalent on the web is because you can basically do Flash, is, Flash yeah. is normally there anyway, whereas Silverlight, you have to do a special download. Mm. And I mean, people yeah, like- tend not to trust stuff, <laughs> not from Microsoft, I would say, but... Um, <laughs> You know, just <laughs> if you have to say, you need to download this to watch this. You go, hmm, mm-hmm. not so sure mm-hmm. about that. I don't know about you, I had like 27 software updates on my Windows XP machine this week. It, <laughs> was, a, it, was, it was obscene. No, I'm on Vista, mate. We, we don't get those sort of things. <laughs> just every time you move your mouse, it says, do you sure you want to move your mouse? <laughs> the, yeah. It does check an awful lot. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, yeah choose to getting with the program, basically, on there saying, you know, yeah. forget the standard. In some ways, they're just making the themselves brand. like everybody else now, so... Yeah. yeah, it's a crowded market out there. Juice, I don't know. I mean, you've got to get a portal. I mean, TV.com does make a bit of sense, but I'm not sure I would type yeah. in... I would probably type TV into my browser, which would automatically go into... You'd either do a search for TV in Google, mm-hmm. or it's going to come up with TV.com, depending on your browser, isn't it? Yeah. Well, this is the thing. This is something I realised about the... You know, how Google comes out with the popular search terms of the year. Mm. How many search terms were things that you could type into your address bar, like Facebook, for example, mm-hmm. or eBay that people type into Google. Uh, exactly. So I mean, we talked about this locatetv.com thing before, mm. and actually that's a pretty good way of finding shows on it. Now it does online as well. And in fact, a little birdie has oh, told really? me that's there's cool. going to be a, an iPhone app coming out very soon. So, Ah, oh, see, that's what you need. Um, where you can find stuff. So I think Fantastic. Uh, you know, that's a, a, an example of an app. I think they're not the only ones out there that are doing it, where you can actually just find out mm. what's on TV and you don't really care whether you watch it on your laptop or on TV. But um, yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. Mm. That's cool. So moving on to gaming. Mm. Have you so got any games PS. on your Christmas list, Dan? Um, you know, that, where was that one edge of, mirror of edge of something that looked something? Well, if you don't be a little more explicit, Santa's not going <laughs> to deliver, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, there was a, I did see a trailer for uh, God of War 3 right. uh, on the PS, PS3. And the graphics on that just looked absolutely astounding was just uh, the, some of the best gaming graphics I think I've ever seen. It was still kind of slightly cartoon-like, but in terms of the detail and the movement and the, the facial expressions uh-huh. and things, uh, the trailer really did look like... But, uh, that's you know, the trailers, they're, they're obviously well-known for not actually being the true game. <laughs> not though, actually so. being anything like... Well, cut you know, scenes, is it cut scene like or is it the game engine? What's going on? <laughs> no, it looked like it was uh, the whole game thing. Yeah. Uh, they reckon they'd increase the the pixel density of the the graphics, you know, of the right. sort of things they're displaying four times from uh, God of War Two, uh, which was a very popular game in its own right. So mm. I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't didn't look my, like my sort of game. Like you, you kind of some sort of monster creature, and you run around, yeah. you know, trying to slice up other monster creatures. But 
<laughs> I'm still trying to get to grips with Little Big Planet, getting my sound right. I still haven't heard Stephen Fry giving them a voiceover. Uh, but I think okay. that's more my HDMI connectivity problems or my audio HDMI. problems. That was meant to solve the world's problems, wasn't an HDMI, but it's not all cracked no, up to me. No, I think there's, there's better solutions out there. Mm. That's for sure. So anyway, I digress so a little a, there. Um, <laughs> this is an, an, an article from The Economist saying that uh, uh, what's happening in 2008, at least so far, mm. is that uh, we're still increasing our spend on video games. Yep. Not quite at the rate that we did it in, in 2007, but still... Uh, it's it's almost like people are downgrading to games as opposed to giving up games altogether. Well, well I think I mean it's certainly it's the you know the the staycation or or, or mm. home cocoon mm. effect. And I know I mean I know my family members some of them are getting Wii's and stuff for Christmas and mm-hmm. um, what the attachment rate for the games is going to be I don't know. But I mean basically it is a once you've got the games out they they will be um, rolling out. But I have noticed in the UK you've got you know Wii Fits are now in stock in places and yeah. Um, there's a lot of stock of, you know, all those, you know, like Mario Kart, which you couldn't get, you know, you couldn't get yeah. Mario Kart for a level of money for a while there, but um, that seems to be all in stock for Christmas. Yeah. So I think it's going to be, yes, yes, exactly what you're saying. I think, you know, instead of going away for Christmas or going away for holidays, you know, we'll just buy a video game instead as opposed to, yeah, I can't afford my video games now. So, uh, well, as I'm think, going the other uh, way, I'm going on holiday, so I can't afford the video games. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Um, um, and yeah, I'm doing the same thing, so I can't really <laughs> complain there. I'm not at home to play the games. This is the problem. <laughs> yeah, um, kinda, yeah, you kind of need to be there, don't you? Yeah, but I, I, I do agree with that. And I think, I mean, obviously you've seen in the US this last week, you know, the on Broadway there, that's mm. Broadway's going down the pan in the US because people don't want to go out and watch a show at $100 a ticket. Mm. I mean, that $100 buys you a couple of uh, nice game titles. Yeah, where do you get, um, you know, 80 hours? Yeah, I'm not sure they're the same people that are playing games and going to Broadway, but... Um, you're true, but you know, the yeah. Wii's a bit of a crossover. Maybe that'll work. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Okay. And the uh, I guess the DS is still going. You know, I know my nieces and stuff have got uh, DS games on the Christmas list. Yeah, and in oh. fact, iPods as well. Terrible playground stuff. Oh, there's so many ads for iPhone in your Christmas stocking around at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure some of it'll cotton on. Um, so just briefly uh, heading out of the gaming world to talk about mobile TV. Mm. Um, we do finally have some news about mobile TV in Europe. Right. Uh, where the European Commission has issued a set of guidelines uh, designed to help boost the take-up of mobile TV across the community. Mm. Uh, and this is kind of needed because there's been so many launches of mobile TV, or at least mobile TV trials, trials across yeah, Europe. But, um you know, in Austria, we had 5,000 citizens using mobile TV. Um, we Within had, the uh, first weeks of its launch. Well, that's not very many, is it? I mean, Austria's oh, yeah. not particularly I mean, big. 5,000 is kind of like a rounding error, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so the, the idea is to give member states guidance on and how to how to get industry interested in uh, providing mobile TV. So I, I think they need more buses, more public transport, so people have got a facility <laughs> exactly, to watch it. Exactly. You know, that's the Less problem. Less driving around yeah. and more sitting on buses and watching TV. TV, yeah. It could save the world. Mm. Um, but essentially it's, uh, you know, it's kind of guidelines uh, about uh, reception quality and where to, and what sort of requirements are in order to have quality uh, reception. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, this setting. whole, this mobile TV stuff for broadcast, I see a lot of operators thinking, well, we'll just do multicast streams mm. and do it via, you know, over the IP infrastructure. Don't mess with the other approaches. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we, I mean, I guess we'll see when the fi- when the bandwidth mm. finally becomes available. But uh, if there's some killer content, I think the battery life might come into it as well because obviously things like DVB-H have been designed to optimize battery uh-huh. life, whereas you know streaming IP is is a bit of a battery sucker. Absolutely. I mean, all you got to do is have an iPhone 3G doing anything Wi-Fi-ish. I mean, how much battery life are you getting? Do you last through the day, or do you have to just make sure you dock? Uh, it, it it lasts a day if if you have to, but it lasts a day. Like by the kind of you know dinner time, it's dead. As long as you don't make a phone call. <laughs> no, if you can't. I mean, I've there's a couple of occasions where you know I've been out and about, and mm-hmm. it's been an absolute lifesaver in terms of being connected to things. And be yeah. able to get and send emails and check stuff on the web and find my way around and stuff like that. But yeah. it's probably got eight hours in it and then it's then it's wiped. And then, you know, you've come to rely on this little device and it's just dead. So So you've uh, asked for an extension battery pack for You can get some extension said. battery packs now, which actually I should carry one of those around. In little fact, booster packs on the back. Yeah. Yeah. By the time you kind of have your diesel generator and your battery <laughs> pack and your solar charger, it's like Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a bit worried I'm going to uh, Egypt for a bit of holiday action. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, I'm a bit worried about your roaming bill. Well, uh, not, not just that. It's like, you know, there's plenty of sunshine, but maybe not so many PowerPoints. So maybe I need some solar charging action. So yeah, get, a, get a one of those nice Solio things. They're pretty yeah. cool. Well, you um, get some which, solar cell things that attach on your backpack. And yeah, which I guess kind of as well, so segues cool. slightly into the other category. And I wanted to, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be going to CES this year and I'm trying to kind of mm-hmm. think what's going to be hot there. Um, I think it's going to be as always, some sort of boost on sort of green or low mm-hmm. power products mm-hmm. and stuff, um, which isn't yep. which doesn't necessarily mean they're new. Um, mm-hmm. Which will be lots of solar kind of things. Yeah. Um, generally, doom and gloom in the consumer electronics business is is around. Um, mm-hmm. What's going to save them? Um, well, I reckon. I think you're right about 3D TV. I think there'll yeah. be a stack of 3D TV there. Look, every panel manufacturer will have a 3D demo. That's for sure. Mm. Um, I mean, if you don't have 3D, then you're just, you're just not anybody these days. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's trying to push people through to buy that panel and upgrade and differentiate mm-hmm. between them. Exactly. And what about gadgets and things like that? What do you think is mm-hmm. going to be the, the new thing? I'm not sure, actually. I mean, I think um, it seems like you know, everyone's got a camera. I think mobile connected devices, I expect there'll be quite a few new products or services using the um, Verizon sort of unlimited internet plan mm-hmm. in the US so mm-hmm. there'll be more I, I mean sat navs are still coming through mm-hmm. um, convergent devices there, there may well be some new phone announcements mm-hmm. um, you know, the iPhone killers but I think most people would have you know come out with those already um, <laughs> I think so it's difficult but, so. Uh, I mean uh, I think netbooks there might be more netbooks coming out mm. um, and that's a category that no one ever spotted but uh, is done very very well for, mm. for you were a skeptic for, at the start you know you said people coming to stay with you were saying oh you know why mm. would I want to use that but pretty soon mm. does the trick does and uh, you know when you just want to surf the web and you don't want to spend three and a half minutes booting yeah. it's uh, it's great so maybe more networks, maybe, uh, I mean, I think, I think uh, 2009 will be a bit of a year of kind of consolidation and mm. uh, a bit of a kind of pause, I guess, in terms of the whole uh, new technology stuff. But I think in the next couple of years, we're starting to see even now devices being connected to the internet together. Um, so we're starting to see iPhones being able to download podcasts just by themselves without having yes, to buy yeah. iTunes. That's, and, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to when... Uh, 
you uh, have a camera and you take some pictures and you get home and automatically without even having to worry about it, you plonk your camera down onto a charging, you know, kind of coffee mm-hmm. table. It's charging up and meanwhile it's uh, uploading its photos onto the web somewhere for you. But you can do that already with an iFi card. Have you seen that? You can. I did, I did have a look at that, but... Uh, it's, but you uh, have to have a certain... It only works with certain cameras and all this kind of stuff. Mm. So, And I don't know... It's a lot of smarts to stick into one little SD card, but... Um, I know, it's amazing. So hopefully there'll be a new new few wacky things. And, you know, when mm. we have our next podcast in the new year, hopefully I'll um, be able to expound upon some of that. And, Fantastic. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. You'll probably see more than I will if you're looking at blogs and things uh, than if I'm actually there. But um, <laughs> well, be interesting to see. What's we should try and do a, a recording while I'm in Vegas to get some yeah, sort of feel for what's going on. I'll, I heard I'll, there was snow in Vegas this week. Go oh on my there. word! Hopefully, it'll be gone by January. James, <laughs> uh, well. I hope you have a great Christmas, and I uh, hope all our listeners have a good one. Well, and you, and to all our listeners, and do send us your predictions and thoughts for the new year as well to feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com tell your friends write a review on iTunes and um, we look forward to speaking to you and we're getting pretty close to the big 100 aren't we we are it's very close I can I can almost taste it <laughs> fantastico so you have a safe Christmas as well Ian um, don't kiss too many Thanks, camels James. and uh, and uh, <laughs> yes <laughs> I'll definitely definitely got some camel action coming up <laughs> Well, we look forward to hearing all about that. What a way to end the show and to end the 2008. All right. And I look forward to chatting to you in uh, 2009. Okay. Goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.